It's January 11th, 2024, and on today's episode of Comic Talk, we'll be talking about all the comics that came out this week, like Action Comics 1061 from DC Comics, Wolverine 41 from Marvel Comics, Transformers 4 from Image Comics, and a whole bunch more. I'm your host, Demetri Pereira, with today's special guest, Brian Long, a.k.a. Captain Comic Rex. Hey, what's up? Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe, because here's your weekly comic book recap. And we are live with another episode of Comic Talk. It's that show brought to you by The Key, where we talk about this week's new comic book releases. For those of you who don't know, new DC comics come out on Tuesdays. New Marvel comics come out on Wednesdays. Also, new uh, indie comics come out on Wednesdays also. And we're here on a Thursday, January 11th, 2024, to talk about everything that came out this week. Or at least everything that all of us read, uh, we can talk about. I'm your host, Demetri Pereira, and if you're watching this live, you're watching us on twitch.tv slash thekeegshow or youtube.com slash thekeegshow, or maybe you're listening to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, but it is me and my special guest. We got Brian Long, a.k.a. Captain Comic Rex. Hello. Good evening. I love them. We're here to talk about them. Let's do it. You love comics? I do. I do. I know it's an unconventional take for this show unexpected no of course yes i love Um, comics and there were tons of good ones this week so i'm excited to get into it has it been a burden like in your life liking comics oh i thought you were just asking if life was a burden to which i was going is it a gift or a curse to like comics it's a financial burden (laughs) it's a financial curse yes uh more than anything else but no i mean it's one of the greatest art forms of them all in my opinion and it's i would i would feel so empty without it it's become part of my professional life in a major way you know it's wonderful and yeah. and yeah I, I enjoy them so much it's one of the best parts of my week um uh that's why i like talking comics with you man because you love it Thank you love you. it so um, do you. i do i do i love it you didn't, you didn't hear my answer is it a gift or a curse oh oh wait okay is it a gift or a curse i mean you? uh no it's it's good. It's good. It's it is a. I'm the curse. You know what I mean? You're the okay. Sure. Well, because like I'll do this thing where where I'll want to read everything or I want to collect everything just in life, mm-hmm. right? Like I sure, want a sure. full set. Like I went to McDonald's and they had like an adult Happy Meal with these new like special chicken nugget toys. Um, by <laughs> there, there was an artist. They got some artist to make these chicken nuggets and design them and stuff. And then I got one and my brain was like, I need the whole set. And then I told myself, wait, what? I'm not even like, it's cool, but that's not my thing. I'm not going to lie to you. Adult happy meal sent this like chill of existential horror down my spine that I really just haven't bounced back from since you said it. I, I, It's, I mean, it's really a dull Happy Meal. It's just like this, it's very artisan, you know? Yeah, I, sure, right. But like, I get flashbacks to when I was a kid and I only got, I was lucky to get a Happy Meal of any sort. I'd go to McDonald's maybe like four times a year, right? Like once every couple months. So I only really got one toy in each set that I wanted. And that was it. I am very much so, I have a, I have a soon to be two-year-old and I am very much one of those parents who 
spoils their kid with the things that they didn't get as a child. Yeah. For better or worse. And when Wendy's recently had the DC uh, mini figures. Oh, yeah. Ha- uh, kids meals. I was going there way more than I probably should have because I was so determined to collect the whole set. And I got all of them but one, which I was very disappointed about. But yeah. But then I think back on like the Batman Returns toys and all that stuff. Oh, and, yeah. Like, sure, I wish sure. I had the full set. You know, right, or the uh, the collectible glasses, from yeah, Batman the crystal Forever. mugs and stuff like yes, that. Yes, <laughs> we we had we almost had the full set for Flintstones with the live action Flintstones movie. Yes, yes, you know, and I'm dating us, you know, just by talking about McDonald's. Well, in retrospect, in retrospect, it's probably better that we didn't get those because I feel like I remember reading a story recently where they were all made out of lead or something like that. They were made out of some kind of toxin. Oh no! Uh, well, we shouldn't have been drinking out of probably. So I want to collect all the toxins. <laughs> you know? just put them on a shelf somewhere. And don't touch. Yeah, them. you're. I, well, I wouldn't drink out of them anyway. Like <laughs> they're just for display. I would love to have had the Batman Forever crystal uh, set, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't get those. You know, <laughs> so, uh, the the joke was the meme was what's the guy version of Stanley cups. Yeah, I've and seen that. The, yeah, it's the Batman Forever crystal dust. <laughs> you know, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, shout out to Carson. Carson's always in our chat. Thank you so much, Carson, for watching. He's in our uh, up, Twitch chat. Carson says, "Did you read Transformers? We're gonna go over it. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, you bet your bottom dollar mm-hmm. that that we're gonna go over it. If anyone can hear us, like, comment, subscribe, follow, do your thing, write a." amazing review for us uh depending on how you're how you're digesting this show um brian uh this was a five do you keep track of this how many tuesdays and how many wednesdays are in a month because it affects the way comics come out uh i you know it's one of those things where like i'm aware of that but i don't really notice it until the the wednesday is coming up that's the fifth wednesday because that's when Mm -hmm. i notice oh this is a lighter week than normal yeah because this yeah. month, there's five Tuesdays and five Wednesdays, which means yes, all the comics yes. from all the companies are spread across five weeks instead of four, which means yeah. it's a, a slightly lighter load over, you know, over this month. Yeah, my next two weeks, I'm only getting uh, like a handful of books yeah. as opposed to my usual like 10-ish. That being said, I'm a big fan of comic books anyway. So for me, it's like even <laughs> if, if the quantity is low, I know there's quality books that I'm going to enjoy. And that's this week in a nutshell, I think. There was a lot of good books this week. Did you like did you like all the books that came out this week? Well, Dimitri Was that your I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you know this about me, but I only read good comics. Well, I mean You know, my taste my taste is so refined after so many years of reading comics that I only read the best stuff, the the cream of the crop. It's funny that you mentioned that because our reading lists are uh very similar this week. So clearly you also are a man of refined taste. We we, we have a refined palate, you know. <laughs> we're many years in the trenches of, of comic bookdom. Um what did you read this week? Okay. So I got my, my pile right here next to me. Mm-hmm. Uh I read what is it? It was 1061 action comics. Action comics 1061. I mean, that's what you wrote, so I, I wrote it down. Yes, okay, so I think it was this week, the latest one, the start of the Jason Aaron uh, story arc. Uh, the, yeah. the Sacrificers, number six. Okay. Uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, number 15. Giant Size, Spider-Man, number one. Uh, Blade, number seven. Avengers, number nine. 
Rise of the Powers of X, number one. I had to get the exact title. Wolverine uh-huh. 41 and a little comic called Ultimate Spider-Man number one. And you also read Transformers 4, right? And I also read Transformers 4. I don't have that with me because one of my students is borrowing it. That's why I didn't have it in my pocket. Oh, it's all right. Um, <laughs> Thanks for reminding right. me. Yeah. Uh, so so I read a good amount of those plus some and minus some, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so my ones are... Um, I also read Action Comics 1061. Also read Ultimate Spider-Man 1. Rise of the Powers of X 1. Wolverine 41. Miles Morales Spider-Man 15. Giant Size Spider-Man 1. Blade 7. Avengers 9. I didn't read Transformers or Sacrifices, but I also read Sensational She-Hulk 4, Batman and Robin 5, Titans Beast World 4, and Speed Force number 3. So a lot of, for me, just because I want this on the record, Mm -hmm. in case anybody asks, I recently got the DC Universe Infinite Deluxe Plus uh premium whatever it's called okay subscription yeah where you get the new books a month later so i've kind of like switched all my dc reading to that because unlike the marvel unlimited where it's three months i feel like i'm not so far behind that i'm totally out of loop on the conversation and frankly it's like a cheaper prospect to just pay the one like hundred ish dollars a year fee yeah to then have access to so many dc comics so those two comics I have been reading, but I'm a month behind where you are. Okay. So so um, is it because of comic shops? That's why they legally can't release them the day of? I don't even think it's a legal thing. I think it's a, how can I put this? Out of respect kind como, of thing. Como se dice respect? Yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, you scratch my back, I scratch yours kind of yes. situation. Because I think, you know, I obviously love my LCS and I, I want all comic shops to continue to flourish, especially in these challenging times. But uh-huh. I think majority of retailers are understandably very concerned about the the prevalence and possibility of digital comics taking over the market. Um, and I think that's why we're never really, or at least for the time being, we haven't seen like day and date subscription based comic options like if you want to get a digital comic the day it comes out you're gonna have to pay the normal cover price um we don't really have like a netflix or a webtoon kind of situation going on with american comics right now or shonen jump even for that matter i would love for there to be a netflix and chill but for comic books (laughs) well that's kind of what marvel unlimited is right or or um when it was functioning comiXology unlimited was like that um, but that's why nowadays I recommend to people Hoopla, um, which I don't know if you've heard me talk about this. It's the library can, one, right? Yeah, yeah. You can If you have a library card, most libraries have it. It's an app you put on your phone, and they have a really great library of comics and manga. It's it's really okay. impressive. Um, so I was saying Netflix, uh, like Netflix and chill, but for comics, like, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, you see someone cute, you ask them back to your place oh. to, read, to read some <laughs> comics. You Who knows, like that. I wasn't Who knows where the night will way. take you, you know? You innocent <laughs> sure, boy. Sure. You innocent, innocent I look, boy. I have not had to be in the single dating market uh, for many years, so I haven't thought about Netflix and chilling uh, at all for that's 10 fair. years at least. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's different different ways to do for for something I talked about on a previous episode um, is the idea that I feel like we're neither here nor there with comic shops versus digital comics, mm. and I think that it is look one way or another. It has to go one way, one direction or another, and I I, I can tell you what I feel like the direction should be, but basically, I think that people need to be able to read digital comics the day of in a subscription-based system. Sure. So it's either get rid of the comic shops or (laughs) screw the comic shops over by releasing them online and screw them over, okay? I'm not saying to do that. I'm just saying that's one end because I think that people need both mediums, both either digital or, or print the day of, or they need to invest in more comic shops. There needs to be national comic shop chains. Mm. That would be very challenging. I think it, I mean, does Amazon, because you know how Amazon is Amazon Fresh, right? Is that what the, the, the brick and mortar stores are? Uh, I, I, I don't know. The ahead, grocery but... stores? They, sure. Let's go uh, with that. <laughs> let's just, Amazon has, I think it's called Amazon Fresh, right? And so they're mm-hmm. Amazon grocery stores. They should have a book section. And I think it's funny. It's ironic. It's bass backwards. Like they, if they don't have a book section, they should. Because Amazon started Amazon, off as a book retailer to take I out book Amazon retailers. does have some brick and mortar bookstores. Well, if they they're, do... They're few and far between, but they do exist. I think Amazon should should invest in bookstores again. So they, they did. I'm, they took I'm out the competition. Right now. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking at an article right now, and apparently in May of March of 2022, uh, they shut down all of those bookstores that they okay. did have. So, <laughs> so they tried it, and I guess they decided it wasn't worth the... Uh, the efforts there needs to be some big company that's willing to invest in chains of comic stores now i think like that's better for the comic book market and but it mm-hmm. would create competition with with you know stores like you know locally run like stores right like mm-hmm. but at the same time we need to get comic books back in the hands of people that's the problem mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. i'm saying it's one way or another we either boom it up with the comic shops or boom it up with the digital comics, which means treading on the feet of comic shops. So when you look at the history of comic books, the the reason specialty shops started to exist, meaning comic book stores, started to exist in the first place is partly because there was the growing independent market, which wanted to, in part, skirt around the comics code. Yeah. But also you had a combination of the growing independent market where newsstands weren't necessarily going to carry more adult material. Um, But on the flip side of that, you also had a growing collector's market, which was fueled by the golden and silver age collector's boom. Right. Because those comics were such rare pieces that you needed a shop that would just have boxes and boxes of back issues. Right. Um, Because most of the time growing up, the back in the you know 40s 50s 60s 70s into the 80s even you could get comics at your grocery store at your gas stations at your 7-elevens like they were everywhere right they were ubiquitous right and as time went on especially as the collector's market of the 80s and 90s really started to boom 
comic book stores just kind of became the de facto place for comic sales. And I think to your point about getting them in the hands of people, I think a lot of it just has to do with like, maybe comic book stores aren't the only place they should be sold. Well, I mean, I I also agree. Yeah. Yeah. But I think now, and I I hate saying this because it sounds like I'm disparaging comic book stores and I'm not, but I think now they've kind of created this symbiotic relationship between the stores and the, the companies where they have to rely on each other because now the companies don't really have any other viable market. And for a lot of the stores, that's their primary source of income. It's why now a lot of comic shops are now expanding into also being like gaming stores or selling like more manga and graphic novels because they want to supplement that income from the monthly books. Um, But, you know, it's a challenging thing. And and you are right. It needs to get in the hands of more people. Um, But the problem is for a lot of people, they just maybe don't have a comic book store anywhere near them. So, So, um, right. Location and price. That's that's right. what I'm trying to say. If digital needs to come out the day of, then it needs to come out the day of. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard because at the end of the day, even if they did like do a digital day and date release, unfortunately, this shit is always going to be get pirated in some capacity, right? Like, you know, either it's happening now and there's no digital day and date release. Right. Um, but what what I hope happens is that the the pirated version hopefully fuels people who want to then go out and buy a trade at some point because in, right. in a lot of ways you guys are kind of talking about this recently on the best of episode um, you were talking about like I think they should switch or I don't remember if it was you or if it was one of the guests who were talking about I think they should switch to like a just straight up graphic novels format and I think the problem with that is that the single issues kind of become advertisements for the trades. Because to yeah. use a book coming out this week, a lot of people are, are talking about Ultimate Spider-Man number one, and that hype is going to fuel the sales of the trade that's going to come five, six months down the line. So yeah. those people who don't pick up the single issues will go Ultimate Spider-Man by Jonathan Hickman. That's when I need to have my radar and pick up from my Barnes & Noble or local bookstore when it comes out. But people aren't going like, – like here, here, here's the thing. The people that go to Barnes & Noble are uh, – how do I put this? Not everybody goes to Barnes and Noble, but the general book enthusiasts are comic book haters. I disagree. I, really? I don't think Barnes and Noble. I don't think Barnes and Noble would have such massive manga and graphic novel sections no. if people, people who go buying. to Barnes and Noble. They do buy, but what I'm trying to say right. is the the literature enthusiasts. I I'm not talking about. They're not the market I'm talking about. Though. Okay, I'm talking about the people who primarily read comics in a book format rather than as single issues because those people do exist or those people out there who are maybe like i'm new to this and i want to get into it this is a book i've seen people talk about a lot so i will pick up the collected edition when it comes out yeah i i don't know i have thoughts about this but i do want to get to what we're (laughs) what we need to talk about let's do it but uh the thing is is that like yeah, we need. We'll we'll talk. We'll we'll talk about <laughs> it in time. This is why every time I do comic talk, I want to create another show. They're just talking about more shows. I'm cutting you off. No more. That's shows the problem, true. Brian. <laughs> help help me. I know you're. I know you're too busy. Um, which which book would you like to talk about first? Then I uh I want to know your pick of the week. Oh boy, I always have trouble with you. Got it. You got to pick one. 
I always have trouble with this question. I mean, I, I have an obvious answer and I have some less obvious answers. You know what? Since we've been talking about it already, let's go with the obvious answer. Let's talk about Ultimate Spider-Man number one. Is that your is that your pick of the week? Ultimate Spider-Man number I mean, one? I mean, it kind of kicks ass. Okay. It's pretty great. I'm we a are, big fan of it. So there's so many variant covers for this that I, I'm also I, in it. Did you notice I'm in it, by the way? That is you. Well, people out there won't be able to see you. I'm seeing you do this, <laughs> but they're watching the slideshow of all the covers that came out. There's like 26 of them, but it's it's nice for people watching the live stream on twitch.tv slash the king show or youtube.com slash the king show you um i'm playing the little slideshow of all the ultimate spider-man number one covers the variant covers that sort of thing now um that you're right peter parker does look like you and it's funny <laughs> because so brian you are you were one of the longest running um guests on this show on comic talk oh wow um like if there was a mount rushmore you know, like <laughs> stop, your face stop. would be on, on, on Mount, you know, Mount Comic Talkmore, you know, <laughs> and uh, Mount Comic Talkmore actually does work. That works. Um, my point is, is that uh, you also listen to the show, which is super weird. You know, it's, it's, you're, you're I'm just you're, very vain. I just like to hear myself talk <laughs> yeah. literally. No, but you listen to shows that you're not on, and I love that because you know that's great. <laughs> um, but you were you you told me before this show that you wanted to talk about ultimate, the new ultimate universe, yeah. Like what it like what's the point and whatever. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you this, and I've been I've been flip flopping and kind of like I don't understand the point of this new Marvel universe. Sure, sure. But somebody it might have been Drew or it might have been Michael Mead. They essentially said, because I said back in the two in two thousand, the mm -hmm. Ultimate Universe came out and it brought me a new reader into the addiction slash habit of reading monthly comics or weekly same. comics. That's, I had the same experience. You not only have to get kids to like comics, you got to get kids to look forward to the next week. So it's mm -hmm. like a TV show, right? Like to get a new right. comic every week is is a, is a big thing. So when Ultimate uh, the Ultimate Universe came out, it, the whole point was to bring in new readers. Mm -hmm. Michael or Drew brought up that I was like, I was like, is this to bring in new readers? These storylines won't bring in new readers because it's so continuity heavy. But they're saying it's not to bring in new readers; it's to bring back old readers. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think about I, that. I do agree with you that a thing, and I, I'm coming from this from the opinion of i have largely really enjoyed this new ultimate stuff um like dimitri ultimate spider-man ultimate x-men were my gateway into reading comics on a monthly regular basis um and they were you know because they were presented as like an easy clean start right um that being said i had a similar skepticism as you dimitri where i'm like is this new ultimate universe a little too complicated what i think this point? first issue well yeah. i don't i don't agree with what is the point because I think what is the point kind of gets into that sort of like a problem that I see with superhero comics often where sometimes people won't pick up a great book because it doesn't matter to like the no, larger that's not what I mean arc. at the very very at the very least it should be a good book so sure. I have to for guys like us who read so much I mm -hmm. do have to not read so much also right so right, then I have sure. to pick and choose so the question is why should this is what I say. Uh, it's not what is the point. It's why should I care? 
That's the question okay. I ask for myself. Why should I care? And I'll so, be honest with this issue number one, I care. It made me care. That's so awesome. I'm gonna I'm I'm agreeing so, with you here. Yeah, I didn't know what to you expect. Can me, you can tell me if you disagree, but I think part of the reason you care, part of the reason I care reading it, is because it is a surprisingly very character-driven story, this first issue. Um, and I think what was smart about this is a lot of the larger ultimate universe plot building that we got yeah. is kind of sidelined for like maybe one page at most. So to me, I was like, oh, wow, if you hadn't read that and you get to that page, you're kind of like in the same mindset as Peter Parker, where this is like a reveal to you that the world is not the way it is, quote unquote, supposed to be. Yeah. And that this version, so to give a brief recap, this is a version of Peter Parker who is essentially getting his powers for the first time as an adult. Um, as probably roughly maybe the same, if not a little bit older age as main continuity Peter Parker. So he's probably, I would say based on the age of those kids, he's probably in his like late 30s, early 40s, right? Not late 40s, uh, but yeah. No, uh, late 30s, early 40s. Is what Actually, I'm pretty sure this is supposed to be him at the same age, right? I mean, it could be, but like his age is nebulous, regardless. Um, uh, I'm a firm believer that Peter Parker is in his early 30s. Sure. I, I just looking at the age of those kids, I'm not gonna nitpick it, regardless. He's in his um, early 30s. The the kids okay. are in their early they're the kids are in their uh their what 10, 12, 13? What I think what I think though yeah. to take away from this is that it's a very character-driven story. Yes. Um, and it's presenting us with a version of Peter Parker that there's so many different Spider-Men out there. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole Spider-Verse, some would say. Yeah. Um but the the version that we're seeing is really interesting because it's making some choices that are pretty unique and pretty different. Yeah. Um, and one of those biggest ones being he's getting the powers as an adult. And that brings up this interesting question of how is this going to change how he functions as Spider-Man? You have a whole new set of responsibilities that go along with this great power when you're a married father with two kids, right? Um, yeah. So the fact that Hickman seems to be very much putting character first I think is the strongest aspect of this story. Um, and is what's going to make it a compelling read because it is such a different version of Spider-Man than what we're expecting. I, I didn't know what to expect with this. So might I say, I have not changed my mind about ultimate invasion. I was not a fan <laughs> of ultimate invasion. Mm -hmm. It was continuity heavy. It was ridiculous. It didn't actually <laughs> end. It didn't, it wasn't as cool as it thought it wanted it to be, like it wanted it to be. Sure, you know? sure. Because it starts off almost like a spiritual successor to Secret Wars, but then I get to see this world that I care nothing about. I don't, I didn't, I <laughs> sure. didn't care. And I like Jonathan Hickman, but I'm not, and I'm not even going to say that Ultimate Evasion shouldn't have come out. I'm not saying it didn't need to exist. I think it got kind of served a purpose, but I didn't care. Mm -hmm. You know, why should I care? I don't. This book I cared about. And I realized just right now, as we were talking about it, Ultimate Spider-Man came out in 2000, the year 2000. No, year 2001? Yeah, I think 2000, 2001, yeah. When, and I'm, 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 I'm very, I'm very deliberate with this. What? When did it come out? Ultimate Spider-Man was the first Ultimate book that came out. 
Keep talking. I'm going to have to Google this because yes. all my results are going to be about the one that came out yesterday. Because my theory. <laughs> it came out in 2000. It came out in 2000. When? When, when, in, when in 2000? September of 2000. September of 2000. Okay. Huh. Okay. So maybe it's not exact, but I think this issue number one, although this takes place in 2023, it's hearkening to September 11th. Sure. I mean, there's definitely a uh, there. There's an event that has occurred in the Ultimate Invasion book that is a very terroristic attack on New York situation yes. and evokes 9/11 in a major way. Sure, absolutely. And I think that's on purpose. Yeah, and I, and I, would I agree. And I think that not only is it on purpose, it's on purpose to tie us into the past in which mm-hmm. we were reading Ultimate books, not and I would just also as add... a nondescript terrorist event. Right, but literally because Ultimates, the Ultimate books came out. Well, the Ultimates came out later after September 11th, and mm-hmm. were a clear reaction to <laughs> September 11th. Yes. But also, Ultimate <laughs> X Men came out very uh, a little bit after Ultimate Spider Man. I don't know when mm-hmm. Ultimate X Men number one came out, but the point being is that the Ultimates and the Ultimate Universe really picks off when it starts equating bad guys to terrorists. Like, sure. as, and I believe that Ultimate Spider-Man number one kicks off with essentially a post 9-11 sort of allegory. Well, what I w- was going to say, that it, it also ties into another very important aspect of, of Spider-Man, which is the Sam Raimi movies, which are very much, maybe not explicitly in the way that, say, Mark Miller's Ultimates are, but are very much influenced by a post 9-11 feeling around New York City in particular. And ah. I think the popularity of those movies is very driven by post 9-11 sentiments of wanting to see a more black Uni- and white presentation New York. of morality. Yes, in a united New York, right? So yeah. I, I think you're right on the money with that, that analysis. And it, and it wasn't picked arbitrarily. It's picked specifically no. to tie in almost a feeling of of connecting these two ultimate universes that are not the same and honestly my biggest problem is that like why is it called the ultimate universe if it's not the ultimate universe why is it called that you know so you you saying that i think brings up a a part of what i wanted to argue which i kind of see as like the point of these but i think the the flaw in my interpretation is that marvel's kind of doing it as a half measure which is a, one thing that Marvel has loved doing lately over the last couple of years yes. is reusing names yes. events for modern stuff. Specifically right? Hickman era X-Men. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. But also Secret but even Wars. before that, Secret Wars, right? But that's like Hickman too. Things. That's Hickman. Right. right. So the, I don't know. And I don't know how much of that is Hickman doing it on purpose and how much of that is Marvel editorial. But what I, and, and the one that really makes me feel this way is the Peach Momoko X-Men. What I almost see them kind of doing with this new ultimate line in a half measure way, not a full measure way, I want to make that clear, uh-huh. is something akin to what DC is doing with Black Label, which is let's put top tier creative talent on these characters and let them share their vision of what they could be. Now, because it's Marvel, though, <laughs> their kind of half measure way of doing this is we're going to reuse a name and also it all has to be in a shared continuity. 
So this is kind of what's frustrating to me somewhat about these books is I would rather see Marvel be doing like a black label style imprint where creatives are allowed to just run wild on a character yeah. rather than do, which don't get me wrong, I think I'm going to enjoy all these books, but I, I do feel like you're you're so close to what I think you should be doing uh, because I think DC has had a lot of success with black label and I think it's a long-term success where now they've got a ton of graphic novels that people could just pick up on a shelf. Yeah. Speaking of books right um but they they are still committing to these like shared universe continuity driven ideas that they think will also sell the books and i'm like i don't i don't know we'll see if it's successful long term but that to me i think is the point of what this new ultimate universe is put these high level creatives on these books and give their unique take on their stories i mean yeah and and i'm an i'm an x-men fan so i will read it but i don't know from what i've seen about peach momoko's x-men ultimate x-men i don't know whether i'm gonna be a fan so you know it is what it is it looks weird as hell and i kind of love it for that i mean (laughs) i'm more interested in ultimate black panther even though i didn't think i was going to be but my but like i want to see storm you know by the way uh brian real quick are your earbuds linked to your computer and is your microphone on zoom your earbud mic uh it should be why are you hearing weird noise from me no it just it cuts out when i we can't talk over each other but normally when we have earbuds we can so sometimes it has to do with it might just be bad wi-fi because i'm actually on my phone because my computer's not working okay so on your phone (laughs) oh then i don't know anyway um so yeah i mean i don't i don't know uh carson says didn't they already do that with max imprint i mean max was a long time ago but and even max well no maybe max was max wasn't a shared universe now that i'm thinking no max was not but also max was a forced you were forced to be adult (laughs) i don't feel like dc black label you're forced to be adult right no, no, because you have stuff like um, Superman Space Age, the Mike Allred um, yeah. book that yeah. they did, which certainly had mature themes in it, but wasn't like adult. Like no. Superman's not murdering people. in it. But Marvel Max essentially was like, we're going to see people's heads explode and boobies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. Forced Black, Label, Black Label is really just, this is an out of continuity story. It's right. a shorthand way to say this is not in continuity. But also just the name Black Label means it's high quality is what they're trying to go for, right? It's top Fancy. shelf, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so Ultimate, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with this, but okay, so what I loved about the story itself, okay? Yeah, go, go for it. Not only, it's Mark Cicchetto, right, on art? Yes. Ooh, so good. So good. Um, I smiled a couple of times in this book. I <laughs> smiled that Mary Jane and him are in love and I thought they were going the route of him being like, we're breaking up. Like, or I'm going to leave the family. And be like, what? Right. And she's like, whatever choice you're making, does that involve me? And he's like, always, right? Like, the love is there. Yes, yes. The journey that he's about to go on with that crystal ball, that sphere, will still involve her because that's the love of his life. Great. Also, she's looking great. So that's a separate thing. <laughs> Good for her. Um. I smiled when I saw Ben. Oh my God. I, when he was like shouting, when JJ is shouting Parker and just walks by Peter, I'm like, 
wait, who the hell else? Like, my brain couldn't even comprehend yeah. the idea of Uncle Ben still being alive in this universe. I love And then it. that reveal, I, I was like, oh, my God. And I also love that the internet is now shipping J. Jonah Jameson and Ben Parker. Have you seen this? No, but I mean, I don't, I don't <laughs> not. I mean, people can do what they want. I'm just saying, like. These are the things that keep these books alive, Dimitri. That's you okay. That's okay. Shipping. <laughs> Look, I just, I just think that like those two guys can be best friends. Like, you know what I mean? Like Mario and Luigi can be. Well, they're brothers. <laughs> I know, but that doesn't stop they the internet. They're famously brothers. <laughs> that doesn't stop the internet. You know, um, but I do. I did love their relationship. Holy moly, did I love good jonah <laughs> absolutely jonah that stands up for his principles mm-hmm. a J- jonah that like like can create long-lasting relationships with other people right right like and and that's kind of i think the secret to writing a good j jonah jameson is that when the chips are down he will make the right decision even if he's a little bit of a exploitative blowhard a lot of the times in his day-to-day yeah Um, but it does seem to suggest that in this world having this friendship with ben parker made him maybe changed him as a person yeah yeah um and and they have a very uh steve ditko-esque moment where they refuse to compromise their morals and instead walk away from the newspaper uh rather than allow the kingpin and uh his forces to take over which i really enjoyed the kingpin, yeah, and Robbie Robertson giving up his morals, but it's just because he needs his pension, right? Um, <laughs> um, Carson asks, Superman Space Age was Black Label? I don't think it was, yeah. now that I'm looking at it. I don't see a no, Black I, Label. I'm pretty sure it was. I'm looking at the cover, I and I don't see a Black Label label on it. I right? could have sworn it was. But regardless, anyway, let me let me Google that. You, you point being is, black label doesn't force you to be crude. Yeah, no. If you, I'm looking at the DC fandom wiki. It says published by DC Black Label. Oh, okay. Well, good. Um. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. According to what I'm seeing, okay, cool. Um. Point being is that uh, this was a good, this was a good issue. It made me care, yeah. and I do not. I I I I. I I will not. This is the chance for Hickman to tell a story that has Peter being Spider-Man older, having lived a life experience where he doesn't need someone to die to push him towards, like to die in front of him, I guess, to push him towards being Spider-Man. Right. I do not want Uncle Ben to die. Yeah. I mean... I think that's the thing that I'm nervous about is like Uncle Ben or MJ or one of these kids is very possibly going to die. And I hope that's not the case, because as you said, and as the film Across the Spider-Verse posits, it's interesting to see a Spider-Man who is driven by a feeling of wanting to do something greater for the world that can only be accomplished by being Spider-Man rather than being motivated by tragedy. I think that's really interesting. Before we move on, I just want to say that this Spider-Man is a millennial through and through. <laughs> feeling, 100%. Yeah. The, the feelings that he's feeling, that he was meant for something better, and he yes. can't quite place it, that he yep. wants to yep. do good, that he wants to, you know, he has the family, but he, he there, there's something about this this one that is very, 
specific to the generation. A hundred percent, hundred percent. You know. Also, if, can I go on a very, very brief uh, uh, tangent before we move on to the next thing? If you Venmo You're me twenty dollars. All right, I will. I'll, I'll, I no, owe you. No. <laughs> the uh, you guys talked about this in the best of, and I'm sure some people might have seen this. That comic book shop owner who went viral because he was like, "Oh, all of these uh, writers need to stop putting themselves into this comic." Blah blah blah. Jonathan Hickman is a middle-aged man who's married with two kids. So I wonder where he got his inspiration for the Spider-Man comic. I'm just saying. <laughs> the problem when a white guy does it, is it? All right. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ultimate Spider-Man number one. Ridiculous. It's a really good one. And I I I get why you would pick for pick of the week. Uh, I'm going to say, and this one's a weird one. Well, not. it's kind of weird, kind of not. Uh, Wolverine 41. Hell yeah. This was one of my runners up. Glad you picked it. I, I, okay. So the thing about Wolverine 41 is when I opened, when I saw the cover, it said like most violent Wolverine story ever told. And I'm like, what is going <laughs> to happen? How, what? Cause now we're, we're prepping in the X-Men universe. We are prepping towards, um, what's happening right now the fall of x uh, the rise of powers of x the fall of house of x mm -hmm. like the closing up of the krakoan age and so i'm like okay well this story probably has to do with something like that uh but it kind of does kind of doesn't i'm like what where does the violence come from that wasn't inherent in wolverine comics <laughs> up to this point i guess is that what they're trying and to then say you get to that like last two pages so also so so it starts off really weird and i didn't expect to like it i was like Sabretooth and this weird multiversal Sabretooths. Okay. Did you read... I didn't... Whatever happened there, I did not read it. Where Where was it from? Dimitri. Which one? Which run? You didn't read the two Sabretooth miniseries I by read... Victor Lavelle? I did, but maybe I didn't finish the second one. Okay, yeah. End of Sabretooth and the Exiles is okay. where we, you find all the like multiversal Sabretooth. Okay, so I didn't finish Sabretooth. The Sabretooth if you will you should because it rules um also i don't like the multiverse but x-men multiverse x-men multiverse actually i like because of exiles showing. <laughs> your 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 sound cut off because it does that so uh, i said your bi your bias is showing your x bias is showing well i think that first thing i think that dc uh does the multiverse better than marvel and when Marvel has done the multiverse, sure. it's worked the best in Exiles. That's fair. That's fair. Exiles is the best Marvel multiverse-related book uh, that's ever been. Um, uh, anyway, point being is uh, Wolverine 41 has a whole team of saber teeth. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was like, okay, I don't know what to expect with this. But then Quentin Choir comes in and like it was like they stab him in the throat and they eat him as they like they teleport away and they eat him alive or eat him dead whatever you know <laughs> i don't know if he's dead at that time but then they assume they they've decapitated his head and used his psychic powers in this little box that's what they had and and then we'll yeah. cut cut to the antarctic like the antarctic or alaska or someplace in the snow um where fang is there so akihiro used to be known as dakin uh wolverine's son um and and some other mutant i don't know where he's from 
Yeah, I don't know who that character was because I have not. I I'm reading Wolverine on the Marvel Unlimited app, so I'm like three issues behind on it. He's but not in the up. Wolverine title, not that I've oh, seen. Weird. Yeah, maybe was. he's from Alpha Flight because maybe. Bang was on yeah. was in Alpha in the Alpha Flight miniseries, but I don't remember. But that could be it. Sabretooth, uh, you know, um, Sabretooth historically hunts Wolverine on his birthday, and so, but he hasn't been able to. We haven't seen one of these and uh in a long time and he essentially just rips through that one mutant he he fights fang and fang loses and he puts the body parts in in the snow um i'm not necessarily a huge fan of the violence because it makes me kind of queasy but in like in a like (laughs) oh shocking sort of way i liked it in this i thought it worked well, and I think that, you know, there was a part of me that kind of rolls my eyes a little bit at the 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 um, the cover blurb of the most violent Wolverine right. story ever told. I'm kind of like, all right, get over yourself. But what saves it for me is I, I'm such a big fan of those two Sabretooth miniseries by Victor Lavelle, because I think there's honestly some of the best books of the Krakoa era. I think the way they interrogate Sabretooth as a character and interrogate the concepts of what Krakoa is, as well as issues of, uh, you know, the, the prison industrial complex and the way, you know, America's medical history has exploited people of minority groups. Like there's so many interesting themes and ideas of it yeah. that the fact that Lavelle is co-writing this, this is essentially the conclusion of his Sabretooth trilogy. I was kind of like, all right, I'm, I'm going to give this a shot because I want to see how this story he was crafting ends. And I know he's a smarter writer than the uh, kind of exploitative cover blurb is making this comic out to be. So I I do think I agree with you that the the violence is used in a way where it's meant to be shocking and off-putting in a way that fits the story and fits, I think, the themes in this journey that Sabretooth has been going on since the first of these miniseries. Where do you think it's going to go? I don't like Sabretooth. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want him to live after this. I... I mean, that could very well be a logical place for this to conclude, right? Um, There's also the way that it ends is that the team of the exiles, who are the other uh, uh, mutants who are in the prison pit with him. Yeah, those exiles. Yeah. Yes. Essentially, like, saying we got to go find him and stop him. So I'm curious to see at what point they'll potentially come into the story. Because this Um, is called Sabretooth War. And it's weird that this is a a storyline that's happening while Krakoa is ending, but okay. Yeah, the, I think the data page at the very beginning says that it takes place just before Fall of the House of X. Okay. So I think this is kind of meant to be, yeah, it says it takes place after X-Force 50 and prior to Fall of House of X and Rise of Powers of Time. So I think the idea of this is, is kind of like a little story we're squeezing in between shit really goes down with the end of, end of Krakoa. Right. And maybe that's why Fang isn't in Fall of the House of X, yes, number one. Potentially, yeah. He can't be dead for good. Come on, man. Oh, no, of course not. Of course not. But I'm sure he's probably in, in bad shape, obviously, since he was ripped to pieces. Ugh. It might take him a minute to heal from that. Yeah. If he heals. I mean, he might be dead, and then they have to bring him back. But I hope he's not completely dead, you know? Um. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I am very curious to see where it goes, and I, I liked the setup, so we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. I, I liked it. This is probably my best one. 
Now, let, let's let's sidestep just to Rise of the Powers of X. Hell yeah. Um, this one could have been my pick of the week. I liked it. Classic X-Men. It, 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 was, it, was, it was weird enough <laughs> to like have a plot and right to, now, yeah. to be an interesting plot. It was weird. But it was like straightforward enough for me to like follow along. Because right. like so like when Legion comes into play in like other series, so like in in <laughs> in Legion of X or whatever it was called. What, what was it called? Legion Legion of X, yeah. Legion of X. I didn't yeah. like it. I don't like Legion. I think he's okay. too weird and out there for me to follow. Sure, sure. I don't it's not really my thing, right? And also right. Legion, Legion doesn't hit my what I want from an X-Men book anyway. Like okay. for me, like for I've said this before. When the MCU restarts, or, or or not restarts, when the MCU puts in X-Men, I'm okay with Legion never getting a live-action version of himself. Like, I'm fine sure. with Legion just not being in the continuity of the MCU X-Men. I don't care. Was Legion in this book and I just don't remember? No, no, no. What I'm trying to say is <laughs> I'm just I'm just I'm just getting on Legion's case, I guess. But what I'm trying to say is this was weird enough because the whole Dominion okay, thing I see what is you're weird enough. But it's not too weird. It's not Legion level weird. Well, so, I think I think it has defined parameters. I think the problem that you possibly have with Legion, uh, I don't mind the character, but I think a problem with him is that there's no clear limit to what his deal is. And like, I think the Dominion yeah. is pretty straightforward. It's this like bizarre, unknowable, giant AI. Like I got it. It's a conquering AI. It's like the Borg in Star Trek. I right. But but it's also outside of time and space. So there's like right. It's all like he says it at the end. He's like, I've already won. So what's the point? Right, right. You know, uh, Carson says, didn't Legion get his own TV show that was non MCU canon? Yes, he did. Yeah. And like, so there is a show called Legion uh, that was on, you know, FX. I watched a little bit of it. It was interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, people swear by it, which is great. I'm not here to yuck anyone's yum. People like it. People <laughs> like it. And that's cool, you know, but I'm just not a big fan of Legion and I don't need. I don't need Legion in my continuity, you know? It's fine. Sure, if you, sure. if you want to streamline X-Men continuity, you take out the time travel, you take out Legion, and you take out, you take out, like, Captain Britain and all that bullshit. <laughs> well, I, well, this comic is doubling down on time travel, it feels like. <laughs> I'm cool, with, but I'm also cool with the time travel, too. It just depends, right. okay? Anyway, point being is, we see this future of the X-Men dying in 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 the future uh and i thought it was cool i i don't know i no, just thought I it was cool I, I thought it was a hoot um and i i thought that the revelations about the uh sinisters and the the recent revelation we've had about like who the king sinister is and yeah. and what his whole deal is how it connects to the phalanx i think it's a really great way of it all kind of tying together to this ending i also as a person who's been very uh, look, I'm a Miss Marvel fan from day one. I want to establish this right now. Yeah. Uh, Jersey City, live there uh, all the way. Love it. Yeah. Um, and I've been very skeptical about this Miss Marvel being in the mutants thing. Her being Captain Krakoa, I, I love that so much. When that cover was first revealed, I marked out pretty hard being like, hell yeah, that's where she deserves to be. I don't look ahead at covers. I purposely don't. So, oh, I'm this was all this was covers. all new. This was all new to me, and I'm okay with that. 
I am okay with an alternate universe Kamala Khan being Captain Krakoa. I like yeah. it mostly because if if the MCU were, if the at Marvel's the universe the six one six is anything like our world, they will never have Kamala Khan be Captain America. <laughs> and sure. so so we're talking about like a real world thing where Kamala Khan would be denied the status of Captain America. So she's gonna be Captain Krakoa, and I'm I I salute that. You know, it's cool as hell. Um, Every future version of Kamala Khan rules, or alternate universe version of her rules. There's the Exiles by Saladino Medwan, where she's like an old lady with a giant gun. Yeah, she's like she's like Sarah Connor. There's the uh, punk rock universe version of Spider Punk, where she's got a giant set of brass knuckles that say "Embiggen." Okay. Every future version or alternate version of Khan rules. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I liked I liked this in here. Here there was Shadow Tiger. So Shadow Cat took yeah. the took the death seed or the celestial seed or the death seed. What's it called? It was the death seed, yeah. Yeah. Are there different horsemen seeds? Is there a pestilent seed? I guess a... so. Okay. So she took the death seed and essentially became like a archangel to angel sort of situation um right and became shadow tiger uh we get sync who is known as x or mr x or just x something along he's just x i think yeah Yeah. and uh he he's tapping into into powers uh you know gambit explodes i love i love sacrifices sure but i also like so this is something I, I've mentioned. It doesn't matter whether the character dies or not. To me, what matters the most is what does a character do when they mm. think they're going to die? Mm. Regardless of whether they get saved out of the blue by a deus ex machina or not, what does a character do in their final moment? And Mystique says, like Mystique uh, essentially goes out saying like she'll see Irene, right? Like, yeah. You know, like or even Gambit having like finally having a nice mother-in-law moment with Mystique was was wonderful. Because <laughs> Mystique says you made her happy, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's important, right? And so, like, I bring this up a lot when people say, like, well, Peter Parker wasn't really gonna die in Infinity War. He was disappearing, right? And right. Sure, he wasn't gonna die, but he didn't know that. And so right. you play that the, the truth of the scene is. He is begging for his life as he's dying. Yeah. And that, um, it, it hurts. It's real. It's raw. So speaking of people dying, what are your thoughts on the last page reveal of this, this issue? What was the last page again? Where Professor X is basically like the, the last ditch effort plan is we kill Moira before she gets her mutant powers and stop Krakoa from ever existing. I think there's going to be a twist with that, but I think yeah, hundred percent. You know, I, <laughs> I think don't think you reveal that in the first issue. <laughs> but I liked they, they they drew the map of the lives and then the way, but it is so confusing. I mean, I think there's more information that we don't fully know yet. Like, I think we don't fully understand how Nathaniel Essex came to be. I mean, we're seeing the pieces of it. The enigma, right? Right, right. Yeah. I think we're what we're lacking is kind of like the story from the Nathaniel Essex perspective, like his perspective and where he's been this whole time, which I imagine we'll probably get over the course of this series. Right. So we understand how he gets to the point he ends up at. 
Right. But we we basically see and understand that like everything the four sinisters have been doing were pieces of the puzzle that he needed to become Enigma. Right. But the thing is, becoming a uh, being Enigma, being the Dominion means it's for all of time. So it's almost like right. as long right. as some point in the timeline you achieve Dominion status, you own that timeline. Right. You exactly. don't own every exactly. timeline. <laughs> so I think they're going to explore that. that. You get what I'm saying? Now, have you seen, and I think there's a lot of merit to this theory, have you seen the theory that Nathaniel Essex is the one who gave Moira the X gene in the first place to kick all this off? As in, it was a retcon that the 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 70s X-Men comics that Moira did not have an X gene? Uh, essentially, I suppose, or that it's like she's always had it, but she wasn't born a mutant. It was genetically engineered into her. Because what someone someone screenshotted the it was the the issue that reveals that Moira was a mutant of House of, of House of Hotspot. Yeah, and there's the part where they're like, when she was young, she was very sick, and you see a doctor who's all in shadow like sitting next to her and they're like the doctor tried his best but couldn't do anything for her and the next panel is the next day she had a miraculous recovery so someone's like okay that's that's... Uh, that's a big that that's that's too much right that's a big that's right yeah okay yeah, right like so i was like oh shit like so if if the enigma nathaniel ethic essex ethic uh he kicks this whole thing off by giving her the x gene because her multiple lives are so crucial to all of this working so my, I was like, damn, that, that makes a lot of sense. My big problem is that they can't undo the Krakoan Age. Like, it happened. No, I agree. I agree. It, and it affected other titles, right? Like, Marvel is not going to do a reboot. But it affects other titles and gave a lot of these characters some of the best, like, stories and plots they've right. ever had. <laughs> they can't rewind it. No, no. But something big's going to happen, and I have no idea. <sighs> I don't either. I really don't. Like, I don't know how they they put this toothpaste back in the tube or however they're going to do it. I I don't know if they've come up with some kind of compromise that keeps certain elements around but puts them back into a more traditional X Mansion mode. But I don't want the X Mansion again. I don't. Or or I want the X Mansion and Krakoa. Like no, I think there could be a splinter splinter the the group again, but still have the mutant island. Or make that, I mean, now that the treehouse is destroyed, like, make that the new, like, outpost for Kakoa in America. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that's an easy, an easy fix. We'll see. I, uh, I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> like I've been saying, I don't know what comes after this Krakoan age, but I know that yeah. this is going to be managed well. That's my, my theory, my hope. I hope so. I think that this Rise of Powers of X, Follow the House of X. Oh, you mean this ending is going to be This ending will be good what comes yeah. after i have no idea but i think that this <laughs> ending has been planned for years mm-hmm. that it does that you know and all these books like what we got resurrection magneto we've got dead x-men these all sound fun too like i'm excited to see how the stories play out in these books too yeah yeah um what's another what's uh let's talk action comics 1061 because i feel like you want yeah to talk about i did did you read it what did you think uh, i did read it um I like Bizarro. You sound less excited about it than me. It was okay. I'm fine with it. I want to see what happens next. But Bizarro to me has always been a gimmick. And so I'm just wondering, like, 
Is it just going to be three issues of like the world turning into a bizarro world and then turning back and then we're fine? I will say the ending kind of disappointed me a little bit because I feel like we've done a bizarro as like a zombie plague outbreak story before. Like that's a chapter of All-Star Superman, for example. Um, But what I really liked about this story was that Jason Aaron is, I think, the king of presenting a story idea where you kind of say, damn, how did nobody else think of this before? Yeah. And in the case of this being, well, if Bizarro is Superman's opposite and Superman has a weakness to magic, then Bizarro can become a super wizard. That's, and I was like, yeah. hell yes, that's brilliant. <laughs> well, I wish the whole story arc was just Bizarro learning magic. Like, I wish that had been the entire focus. The, the problem with opposites as a gimmick is that an opposite of opposite is the same. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I suppose you're right. Yes, two lefts make a right. So so when I when I say that like Adam's family growing up, I was like, okay, so Adam's family, they like pain. Right? So pain sure, okay, hurts. Sure. Pain hurts, they like pain. But wait, pain <laughs> hurts us. So pain hurts. No, pain is enjoyable to them. That's why they like it. Then it's not pain, <laughs> then it's just like tickling so it's not really a thing so they hate that but then they love (laughs) what do they love they love each other but does that mean they hate each other well the whole kind of joke of the adams family no i know that it's not opposites everywhere for adams family well with bizarro it is well the opposite aspect of the adams family is that like they're the opposite of the typical suburban family in that the typical suburban family is deeply like resentful towards each other and has no emotional love and the adams family are like weirdo freaks who deeply love each other right but then if you're saying opposites then their love should be hate right shouldn't they want to hate each other i guess so but, but that's not what adam's family is about into... but that's what right. bizarro is about that's what bizarro is that's <laughs> what i'm trying to say you're fl- you you right. do opposites of opposites all the time for bizarro to the point where like if bizarro if we think that superman is good looking we should think that bizarro is ugly which he is but he's the op but then if he's the opposite uh i don't know you get what i'm trying to say so two things two things are happening here you're you're accidentally creating zibaro do you remember zibaro yes. from all-star superman the bizarro yes. bizarro yeah um still reminding me of the the bizarro episode of seinfeld have you ever seen that one no where they're explaining, basically, Elaine gets new friends who are just Bizarro versions of Jerry, George, and Kramer. Right. And they're, like, explaining Bizarro to Elaine, who's never heard of him. And she's like, I don't get it. Does he breathe underwater? Is he black? Right. This doesn't make sense. Right. <laughs> it's like, right, if you think about it too long, Bizarro really doesn't make total opposite sense. Well, because there's also, like, when we say Bizarro versions of people, do we mean, like, a mirror universe version? So basically, right. like in Star Trek, they're, what, what is good is evil and evil is good, right? Or in, in DC, Earth 3 and Prime Earth, right? <laughs> right. But that's because we're flipping on one axis. Right. The right. axis is good and evil. We're flipping that. Versus Bizarro, where the axis is just Superman, the character. And, and the axis is everything? It's multiple axes? <laughs> Right, right. Because it's not, what if Superman was ugly? 
Right. It's what if it's, Superman was ugly and his powers were opposite of what they were. Right, right. Because one could say heat vision doesn't hurt Superman, so shouldn't heat vision hurt Bizarro? Shouldn't be he be in pain <laughs> by using his powers? I don't well, know. Well, that's kind of what he's playing with here is saying like, all right, what if we gave him a strength that's Superman's weakness? Right. Now, granted, then logically you'd have to do the opposite for all of it. But right. I just liked seeing Bizarro do magic spells. I thought that was hilarious. Right. And I want more of that. It's, I also, it, eh. can I just also say too, I read the first issue of that Batman off-world book. Yeah. That shit rules. Is it good? I didn't read it. Um, the, Do you know the premise of it? No. See, I wasn't interested in it until I found out the premise is basically, again, Jason Aaron asking a question where you say, how did nobody else think of this? The premise of it is it's like early Batman, like year three or four, and it's explaining how he learned to fight aliens. So an alien comes to Gotham and Batman gets his ass kicked and he's like, I need to better understand how to fight aliens if I ever meet an alien again in the future. So he ends up on like a prison ship and he's basically just like fight clubbing his way through this prison ship. Okay. So instead of like the classic, like I shall go to prison and fight prisoners in right, like Russia right. Right. to become better. It's like, I shall go on a prison ship to another planet, fight alien prisoners. And there's a great scene where like, it's setting it up where he sees like two of the guards of the prison ship and he's like hiding in shadows. And he's like, I don't know their weaknesses. I don't know where their pressure points are or the nerve, uh, nerve endings are in their body but they have eyes and a mouth. So I'll start there. I'm like, yeah. hell yeah, let's go. That rule. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So highly recommend that book. Cause that's like, if you just oh. want to see Batman doing cool, badass shit, that's a fun comic. Okay. Now I'm interested. Now I'm interested. Yeah. Also, I was the same way. You know what, what it's, it's what it's giving. It's giving Charles Darwin going to new places, <laughs> discovering new animals and eating them. Because that's what Charles Darwin <laughs> did. Did you know that? I did not know that. That's For why. every new animal that Charles Darwin discovered, he ate them. Crazy. <laughs> you didn't know this? Is this what happened to the dodo? Did he just eat too many dodos? I don't know if he discovered the dodo, but no, but the dodos were hunted <laughs> to extinction. But like... By like, Charles Darwin specifically. But Charles Darwin ate every animal he discovered. That's so wild. What a guy. <laughs> So that's what it's Jesus. that's what it's giving. It's like Batman being like, yeah, yeah. Well, no matter who you are, I will punch you. Right, but I discovered I, this, is a great idea. this is a guy that's lived in Gotham City his whole life, and the first <laughs> thing he does when he meets aliens is I'm going to punch him in the eyes and mouth. <laughs> but it's so great because you're like, yeah, how did Batman figure out how to fight aliens? Like, it doesn't make sense if but, you really think about it. I mean, it doesn't make sense that he would be like. I mean, how is he? Is he? Categorizing the alien is he doing a Charles Darwin where he's discovering alien species, I mean, classifying I, them and their weaknesses? Now, there's only been one issue, so he hasn't done that specifically. But I imagine this will end with him having a journal of listen because that's basically what he has in the Batcave now. That's essentially what Tower of Babel is, right? It's right the contingency files. So this is kind of like the origin of all of that. Like, how right. does he have all of this data on all of these different? species and creatures that he always knows how to be also now we're finding out so carson is saying that he fights every alien species he meets yeah i mean i can see that but also <laughs> it, it's kind of racist 
So, because what he's going to do is, I don't think Batman is going to fight a good survey sample oh size of every species to get, sure. kind of, like, he's not going to fight 10,000 Thanagarians to get a good sample of what Than- fighting a Thanagarian would <laughs> like. No, he's going to fight one and he's going to be like, well, check that off the book, you know? But what, can oh you imagine he comes, like, <clears throat> take it in an Earth perspective, like, which one of us could fight as a human, fight Batman? But I think it's less a about representative of our species. But I think no matter how okay, if you're Brock Lesnar or say me, you kick either one of us in the balls, it's gonna hurt. You know what I mean? But like there about, are certain genetic what about traits people who don't people have balls? Well, that's what I'm saying, is like he figures out, all right, what is the the biological makeup of he's this gonna figure out sexual dimorphism? He's gonna he's, he's gonna, gonna be like prison ship. Yeah, but there's not. It's not Noah's Ark. There are two of everything. He meets a Tamaranian lady who's really into him. That's a whole different story. (laughs) So look, let me let me put it this way: (laughs) Charles Darwin eats every species that he comes across. Batman fights every species that comes across, and Captain Kirk from the Enterprise has sex (laughs) with every species he comes across. They are three. Three sides of the same coin. Absolutely, absolutely. They should have gotten together and written like some some journals together. They would have we would have gotten some real great data about various species. <laughs> oh no! Can you imagine Charles Darwin, Captain Kirk, and Batman traveling the universe? Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 no. I go first. <laughs> Who's going oh, first here? Eat, fight, fornicate. No matter what, (laughs) do not let Chuck. Don't let Chuck go first. He's just going to eat him. Captain Kirk won't even get a chance. Oh, my God. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, um, Everyone should read that comic. It's so good. (laughs) What is going on? We are are writing our own, uh, our stand-up, you know? Um. Um, anyway, so <laughs> so I will read that Batman Offworld. Great, great, great Check stuff. It it's real good. Action Comics 1061. I will, I need it, another issue to like warm me up. Yeah, I agree. Stuff, I agree. Know? I Like I said, the ending kind of bummed me out because I thought the story was going to be something different and then it uh-huh. went to a more derivative place than I would have liked. Uh-huh. But I'm willing to check out the next issue because who knows how that's going to play out. Um, are you reading Beast World? I am not, uh, because as I said before, I only read comics that are good. Okay, so I agree. Uh, And and I've been saying, no, 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 I mean, that's fair. I've been saying that Gang War, Marvel's Gang War is better than Titans Beast World. Yeah, well, I do read the Gang War stuff, so. Well, there's just the Spider-Man parts of the Gang War, so. I mean, some of the other ones are kind of cool, too. Like I would love to check the other ones out. I just don't have the money to invest in that. Yeah. I'll probably check them out when they hit the, the apps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Titans Beast World, though, this one picks up a little bit because there's some ramifications. But mm-hmm. what I don't like is that DC has finally gotten all the... Because of um, Infinite Frontier and Dawn of DCU and, like, the new Golden Age and all that... They got new, mm-hmm. like they got like characters in their in their toy box because now they're acknowledging that like the DC universe has existed for decades, if not 
thousands of years. But the point being is mm-hmm. that like it's, it's not New 52 where it's only been five years. I feel bad when they kill a character. Because they now <laughs> finally have the full toy box and then they kill a right. character. Who did they kill? There's Okay, so there's two characters and I really shouldn't care about one of them. But because I don't care about one of them, I know that that death is probably permanent. The character I do care about, I don't care that he died because I know he'll come back. You get <laughs> Name what names. Who is it? Who so, is it? Uh, Chunk. Chester P. Runk dies. Who the hell is Chunk? Do you don't know Chunk? He's from Flash Comics. Um, he He has a black hole that's inside of him, essentially. I'm Googling this character. Who on earth is this? So he not only, okay, he was he was first in Wally West Flash's run, right? Okay. And he has essentially a black hole. He can create a black hole, like, I think in his stomach. I'm not quite sure. I forget. Yeah. Okay, it's a pocket dimension called the void, according to this. Okay. So, so it's like a black hole. Yes. So what ends up happening in this issue is... Waller sends Peacemaker, and Peacemaker in this issue specifically is acting a little like John Cena. Yeah, um, well, that's kind of his new characterization, but not in some of the previous like Peacemaker yeah, stuff. Yeah, but in Peacemaker tries hard, sure, but not in Peacemaker when he appears in the Nightwing issue that came out like a couple months ago. Anyway, the point being is in this one he he acts like John Cena, which I'm fine with. Whatever. At least finally Peacemaker gets some characterization. You know. Yes. Um, but he kidnaps Chunk and teleports him into Beast Boy Starro. He just they just teleport him into outer space, into the middle of Beast Boy Starro, and Beast Boy and Chunk die. Damn. And it didn't Beast Boy just die recently? Yes, but people are saying online that like he has a Starro version that's separate. So he's probably going to regenerate okay. from that. Okay, you know? I see what you're saying. All right, all right, yeah. The point being is, like, this is not a bad issue. It's it, it, it's actually, I think, one of the better ones of this. Um, R.I.P. Chunk. But that part sucks. Yeah. I is just, this leading into that whole Trinity of Evil thing? Probably, because Dr. Hate has been popping up, right? I don't know what they're thinking, being like, Amanda Waller, Trinity of Evil. I'm like, that's not that's Amanda not Waller's, Waller's thing. Deal, yeah, she's not evil. I mean, per- she's personally, I would love for them to bring in the Earth Three guys again because I love sure. Earth Three, but I would love yeah, me too. I, I want a different. I want a different Earth Three Trinity. Yeah, that would be cool. Let's get that the Earth really Three cool. Titans. That would be wild. Yeah, I mean, now that they're. Elevating the Titans, that would be right. A great Elevate series. the Earth Three Titans. I've I I used to have my own stories that I created when I was in high school of like what the Earth Three versions would be like. Right, right. And like I like I drew pictures and like I created little you know backstories right. for like each of them. <laughs> um, DC, we have a pitch. I mean, well, per yeah. Anyway, there's <laughs> not a here, no there, but um. But what was I saying? Oh, so Beast World 4, it is what it is. I don't know. You hate to say it. I mean, whatever. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see. R.I.P. R.I.P. Chunk. R.I.P. Chunk. 
like Trunks not getting used, but still, it was kind of sad. Clearly. Um, because they also kill his child like in front of him because his child, like <laughs> he, he was like, that was my son because his son turned into a beast, right? So like, okay. like Peacemaker shot his son because they were chasing after Chunk and then they saved Chunk and then they sent Chunk to die. So I don't know, whatever. Um, Let's talk Transformers 4 because Transform- you read it. You read it and I didn't. I've read three, but I didn't read four. And is this the Transformers comic book that everybody should be reading? Uh, well, I'm going to say this having never read any other Transformers comics, but being a huge Daniel Warren Johnson fanboy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it rules. It's super good. Um, I mean, I have, I will admit to having like very limited exposure to Transformers beyond this. I saw like the first of the movies. Um, and I recently watched the 80s cartoon because Jane Warren Johnson said in an interview that the designs and the sort of aesthetic of that really influenced his own work. Yeah. Um, but it's just so cool. The way he draws these characters is just unreal. And Daniel Warren Johnson's greatest skill, I think, is doing these books that you think are just going to be fun explosion action fests and imbuing them with just an incredible amount of heart and sincerity um, in a way that always catches you off guard. Uh, and he continues to do that in this Transformers book. I also can't believe the level of violence that Hasbro has allowed them to put into these comics. Uh, I mean, in the previous issue, Starscream Optiman, that's the only way I can really describe it. He squeezed a human being until he popped. And in this one, he uh, starts shooting at a hospital full of people. Like, it's crazy what they let them get away with in these comics that are uh, based on toys for children. So, it's great. I'm a big fan. And, uh, yeah, it's it's highly recommended. If you even have a casual interest in Transformers, definitely worth checking out. I I have to read it. I don't know. I only read Transformers 3, so, you know, I got it. You didn't read the first two? No, no, I read the first two. What I mean oh, okay. is up to up to three, and I didn't. <laughs> up to number know. three, got it, got yeah. it. You're about the bottom, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah, it's real good, still great. Um, I because I, I, I like to do a spotlight on on the comics that aren't just DC or Marvel because I only pretty much read DC and Marvel, but Transformers I do read. <laughs> I, I, it's it's all about IP to me. So if it's an independent comic, but there's like an IP, I I tend to kind of check it out. Have but, you read Daniel Warren Johnson's other comics? Beta Ray Bill. The ones that are do a power bomb? DC or I didn't IP. read Do a Power Bomb. Dimitri. I'm sorry. Issues. It, it's one book. <laughs> it takes a lot of it takes a lot to get me into something <laughs> that I it, it's the same with video games. And this has been a problem because I don't try new video games unless I know the concept, right? So like Uncharted. I got Uncharted 4 for free and I loved it. And it made me be like, this whole time I've been skipping Uncharted games because I didn't know Uncharted until I gave it a shot now, and I played you it. You read two Daniel Warren Johnson written and drawn comics. Like, was that not enough to make you say this guy has the juice? I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying that like, what if I don't want to read Do a Powerbomb? You know, like, what if I don't, what if I don't, I'm not a wrestling fan. So it's like. But it's much like, are you a Transformers fan? Yeah. Are you a Transformers fan though? No, not like a not like a a Uber fan, but like 
I like Transformers. Yeah. Here's what you should do then instead. You should read Murder Falcon. It's a different Danny Warren Johnson comic because it's not about wrestling. It's okay. about music. Okay. So read that one. What if I'm not, like, music is cool, but, like, I'm not a music music guy. Oh, my What kind God. of music? What kind of music do I need to be into to do Murder it's about Falcon? metal. See, I'm not a fan of metal. I can definitely say that. Really a fan of, I'm not really even a fan of metal, and that comic is incredible. Because, again, it's not about, like, the things it's about. Wrestling, metal, Beta Ray Bill, Transformers. As the exterior of, this is a rad thing. But the comic is actually about this beautiful emotional core. That's the same thing with all of them. And that's the same thing with Do Powerbomb and Murder Falcon. It's like, yes, there is the exterior of this subculture, ostensibly, but there's this universal emotional core that's what elevates those stories to greatness. Okay. Gotta read Do a Powerbomb. Dimitri, I get paid tomorrow. I'm gonna send you $20 to buy the Do a Powerbomb. It's not about the money. It's about the time. No, I, I don't I already care. read so much. It's one book. It's one book of comic. And then that's the whole story. That's How about it. this? How about this? You, uh, I will read Do a Powerbomb if you write me an article, your review of Do a Powerbomb. <laughs> okay, I will do that. That's the I did deal. a TikTok about it. I'm going to plagiarize myself. I don't get, no, I need a written article so I can post it on the Keeg website at uh, saying I have to write a new thing without www.thekeegshow.com. Um, all right, all right, all right. You have to read it first, so then I have time to reread it. Okay, I will read, <laughs> I'll read it, and then you write me an article so I can have content for the site. Sounds good, sounds good. Uh, Carson says, Dimitri, did you read Duke from the Energon universe? Yes, I read Duke number one. I didn't read it on time for whatever that week was that I that it came out to do the, to talk about on the show, but I did read it afterwards. I'm okay with it. I think it's weird linking G.I. Joe to Transformers. I'm okay with them sharing a universe, but having them have like roughly the same origins or like have a linked origin is weird to me. G.I. Joe, I think, to really sell a modern day G.I. Joe concept, it should be treated as like a special forces, like, like, I don't know, like almost a superhero team, but like a secret agent team where it's a secret agent team where everybody has a different like skill set, right? Like sure. th that's yeah. the way to sell G.I. Joe's in a modern day is like they are all put together for specific missions based off their skill set, right? I also feel like not to get into like a, a death battle who would win debate. How does anyone from G.I. Joe stand a chance against anyone from Transformers? I mean, in right? the trans yeah. I mean, they're trying to do it in the Transformers movies. So that's, I'm sure that's gonna go over great. I'm sure everybody's gonna go check that out. I, I will watch a Transformers G.I. Joe movie. But it may I'll not be good, <laughs> but I will watch it. I will watch it and I'll give you my my honest uh, input, you know. I will watch it if Larry Hama. How's that sound? That's my that's my uh, offer. If Larry Hama directs it, you know what? Yes, directs too. I originally okay. just said write, but if he writes, and I couldn't hear it, you because your sound cut out. <laughs> that's I, that's why I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm filling in the blanks for everybody. All right, sacrificers. Oh shoot, we are so over time. All right, uh, 
I need like two words for each of these titles. All right, Brian? Go for it. Sacrificers number six. Okay, really good book. There's been a lot of interesting paradigm shifts to the plot and this uh, uh, right, issue continues on. that. <laughs> <laughs> moving on, that's all I get. All right, Miles Morales, Spider-Man 15. Uh, still the best Spider-Man comic going. Yeah, uh, be- uh, best Spider-Man comic going, but this issue is meh. Giant size Spider-Man number one. Eh. Great. Hang on. I can't hear you. This might something's going on. Really good. What? Before you read, it's really good. Read it before you read fifteen. Okay, cool. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. Uh, okay, no. Blade Seven. Rules. Love this comic. Cool. So Avengers good. Nine. Uh, okay. Good story arc, but like it was just a big fight. All right, I'm gonna take it from I'm gonna take it from here. Uh, Sensational Go. She-Hulk four, uh, endearing. Uh, Batman and Robin, <laughs> Batman and Robin five. Um, it's cool, you know, it is what it is. Um, and then Speed Force three. This is what I'm digging. I'm digging. It it, it it's a fully developed universe, and I like that. People are friends with each other, like the kid heroes are friends. It works. So I do like the first issue of that book. Yeah. So I'm excited to hear it. Still All right. Thank you guys so much for watching and or listening. Um, Brian, real quick, where can we find you? What do you got coming up? Anything you want to plug? Uh, follow me on TikTok, but I've been taking a TikTok break from the holidays. I'm going to get back to it soon. Talking more about education and comics and how those two things overlap. That's going to be right. my new focus for this year. Captain Comic Rex. Yes. All right. Sounds good. Uh, for those of you who are watching us live, you're watching on twitch.tv slash the Keeg Show or youtube.com slash the Keeg Show, or you're listening to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Check out our website, thekeegshow.com. Check us out on social media, Instagram and TikTok are our two biggest ones at the Keeg Show, but we're on other social media at the Keeg Show or slash the Keeg Show. Comicshoplocator.com. Go there, find a comic shop near you. Patreon.com slash the Keeg Show. If you want to give back, to the Keeg. Uh, that's pretty much it. Comic Talk is every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. We also got the Keeg Talks uh, every weekend. Find us on social media and you can keep up with our uh, release schedule. Thank you so much to Brian for coming on the show. Thank you so much to Carson for watching us being live in the chat on uh, Twitch. Um, but uh, thank you guys so much, everybody out there uh, for watching and or listening. Once again, I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira, and this has been another episode of comic talk for the week of uh, january 11th 2024 take care everybody bye-bye bye